Welcome to The Excellent Fiduciary, a podcast from Roland Chris, where we explore what it takes to meet and exceed the demands of managing an employee benefit plan in today's complex market. From regulatory developments to fiduciary news and practical tips, tune in to The Excellent Fiduciary for your step-by-step guide in achieving compliance and confidence in a new fiduciary era. Now let's begin today's show with an introduction from our Roland Chris host. In this podcast episode, we talk with Christine Denton, Executive Vice President of the Risk Practice Group at Roland Chris. We've asked her to tell us how employers are changing their operations to deal with growing cybersecurity risks to their employee benefit plans. I'm Ron Hagen, Chairman of the Risk Practice Group here at Roland Chris. Christine, greetings and welcome to today's show. You, you and your team are heavily engaged in helping employers prepare cyber defenses and fiduciary protections for their employee benefit plans. Uh, You're seeing just about every type of approach to the preparation that enterprises take to address the threat of a data security breach of their retirement plans. Well, let's start with some basics. Uh, What are the primary sources of cybersecurity risks that human resources executives and other managers encounter who oversee 401k and 403b type retirement plans? Well, first, I'd just like to take the opportunity to say that anytime I have the opportunity to help people responsible for the safe operation of corporate retirement plans is a real privilege. And for that reason alone, I really appreciate the opportunity to participate with you today in this podcast. Um, In response to your question, I'd like to say first that technology-empowered threats to the security and confidentiality of retirement plan assets and data are exploding. The threat landscape includes internal gateways through which cyber intrusions, third-party players, and an enterprise's own employees or data risk sources. Typical fiduciary management methods largely lack a formal interface with the information technology function and its storehouse of expertise, further complicating the situation. Those two realities demand that fiduciary committees embrace their enterprises' information technology departments in a new era of collaboration. In an earlier podcast series, we introduced our audience to the U.S. Department of Labor's Cybersecurity Guidance for Retirement Plan Sponsors, By now, it should be having an effect, I would guess. That's right, Ron. Uh, The Department of Labor's guidance is a vital part of the discussion of retirement plan cybersecurity. Just to recap uh, for a second, the Employee Benefits Security Administration, um, or or the EBSA, enforces the Employee Retirement Income Security Act of 1974, uh, or as we know it, ERISA. Uh, It has issued cybersecurity guidance to enterprises that sponsor ERISA-qualified retirement plans. Among other things, that guidance is forcing the need for a change in the attitude of many retirement plan committees toward their enterprise's information technology departments. Here's what I mean by that. Generally, regular interaction between fiduciary committees and their IT departments related to plan data security is sporadic at best and non-existent at worst. Pervasive threats of cybersecurity attacks and conformance to the EBSA's cybersecurity guidance require an overhaul of that fiduciary to IT relationship. An employee benefit-wide lack of collaboration between fiduciary committees and IT departments is an existing obstacle to protecting ERISA-qualified plans, assets, and data. 
Well, Christine, I think that's a significant point you've just made. Uh, information technology is central to any discussion of cybersecurity compliance. Now, I use the word compliance, but it's important to note uh, for the purposes of our audience today that the recommendations contained in three publications that comprise the EBSA's guidance for uh, retirement plans don't rise to the level of regulation. Uh, instead, they, are out, they outline best practices for maintaining cybersecurity, and consequently, they lack specifics. Well, given the lack of specificity, how should retirement plan managers then respond? Well, you're right about that, um, and that's a point that many plan sponsors haven't recognized. It's really up to plan fiduciaries to interpret those practices' intent and then transpose them into some kind of actionable procedures. And that's a job that will challenge many chief financial officers and human resources leaders. Part of the reason is that IT departments have been the exclusive domain of cybersecurity responsibilities, but the EBSA's guidance has challenged that. Brian Smith, who's the section chief for the FBI Cyber Division, warns that cybersecurity is really more a business challenge than an IT issue. Uh, recently, he said, and I'm quoting, the value of information is dependent on the degree to which it affects the viability of an enterprise. The more critical the data, the more emphasis is needed securing it. And IT department is not the best equipped office to prioritize the value of all corporate information. Well, against that backdrop, investment and retirement plan committees face a significant challenge in defining the boundary between employee benefit plan management and their enterprise's IT infrastructure. That's right. Uh, the lack of provisions addressing data security in the hundreds of fiduciary committee charters that we've seen likely means that the retirement plan committee needs new protocols for how committees interact with their organization's IT departments. For a proper connection between a retirement plan committee and the related employer's computer department, fiduciaries really need to understand that cybersecurity and information technology are not the same things. Information technology embraces maintaining enterprise-level computing systems and installing new ones to support the enterprise's growth. On the other hand, cybersecurity addresses data protection from threats that have been introduced by electronic means, and it involves safeguards against attackers gaining access to networks, computers, programs, and data. Hearing what you've said, I think it's good to point out that IT isn't primarily responsible for compliance with the fiduciary principles defined in ERISA. Uh, decisions in recent lawsuits brought against employers for breach of their fiduciary duty in cases involving the theft of retirement, uh, retirement plan assets and accounts by electronic means make it pretty clear that the fiduciaries are accountable. Well, let's pause here and allow you to summarize for our audience what the DOL, the Department of Labor, expects. Well, the DOL expects planned fiduciaries to take steps to protect their own participant information. And the steps must be appropriate and necessary, and the system used to communicate with the participants must have embedded protections. Uh, complicating that assignment is this. Most of the systems on which fiduciaries rely are owned and operated by third parties, and these would be record keepers or third-party administrators, TPAs, uh, as we refer to them. Uh, those are just a couple of examples. The buyer of the services provided by each by such third parties 
is most often an enterprise's CFO or human resources executive acting on the behest of a fiduciary committee. Christy, that's a valuable observation. Um, beyond that, what insights have you drawn from the impact of that on cybersecurity hazards for retirement plans? Well, here's what I think is the most impactful effect. Uh, since evaluating service providers' technology capabilities is outside the professional skills of the constituents that manage retirement plans, that aspect of a service provider's offering rarely gets examined. Uh, it's often overlooked um, in lieu of other, uh, you know, administrative or, or um, operational uh, services that um, record keepers and TPAs provide. So as a result, the cybersecurity readiness of the record keepers and TPAs that serve most retirement and employee benefit plans are really unknown to their clients. In years preceding the mass digitization of plan data and the emergence of the cyber criminals that followed, IT was not a participant in the vendor selection process. And uh, under the new EBSA cybersecurity guidance, that really needs to change. Boy, there's a great deal more about that subject uh, that I wish we had the time for you to address, especially your discussion of the steps our audience should take in aligning with the EBSA's cybersecurity uh, guidelines. Well, before we conclude today's podcast, please talk about the essential elements they should undertake. Sure, Ron, I'd be glad to do that. First, I would say adopt a cybersecurity policy. Uh, that is the foundation. Regardless of a retirement plan size or complexity, the need for a fiduciary committee authored cybersecurity policy statement has escalated really to the same level of importance as an investment policy statement. The IT departments of most organizations maintain a data security policy at the enterprise level, but such policies really expand to include an ERISA plan's personally identifiable information, or PII. If your fiduciary committee does not have a data security policy, don't delay in adding it to the other policies you would rely on to prove your fiduciary committee's prudence. Um, after that, I would say conduct a, a cybersecurity risk assessment. Initiate an examination of your plan's current cybersecurity sensitivities, resourced either internally or by a qualified third-party expert. A, legal, a legally defensible risk assessment should adhere to 18 essential criteria. Um, if you have any questions about what those 18 criteria are, uh, you can definitely reach out to us by email at excellentfiduciary.com for a list of those requirements. Um, also, be sure to elevate cybersecurity to a high monitoring priority. Uh, the agendas of benefit plan-related committees should include a permanent entry for monitoring a security management plan. Uh, the DOL and the industry best practices for ERISA governance, risk management, and compliance systems now require evidence of robust monitoring. And then finally, I would consider making your enterprise's chief information officer a regular non-member guest of the fiduciary committee's meetings. I mean, at the very minimum, involve a representative from IT to periodically um, be a part of those uh, discussions with human resources regarding cybersecurity ongoing. Well, thanks, Christine, for taking us uh, through that and, and giving our audience some tips on how to uh, respond uh, to not only the uh, cybersecurity landscape, but what the government is doing to put in their hands the responsibility for addressing it. Fiduciary committees chief financial officers and human resources executives seem to have a hard, hard work ahead to manage these threats. 
And from what you've said, the solution is found by assessing where they stand, adopting best practices, and then adhering to guidelines now in place by federal regulators. Collaboration with an enterprise's uh, information technology group uh, uh, is essential, although admittedly, it's going to be a sea change for many fiduciary committees. Christine, again, it's a privilege to have you with us today. You've shed a lot of light on how retirement plan managers can confront the fiduciary hazards of cybersecurity. I look forward to your participation in upcoming podcasts. To our audience, thank you for joining us today. Please return next week when we will cover another topic that challenges executives who serve as employee benefit plan fiduciaries. Connect with Roland Chris on LinkedIn for frequent posts on this and other fiduciary management topics. You may also visit our website at rolandchris.com. You may ask for that list of 18 points at that uh, Christine addressed at excellentfiduciary at rolandchris.com. Until next time, have a great week.